From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Coming up on today's show, really good dude leaving the program. Big bummer, but they'll be okay, we think. And Florida State also probably in the market for a new defensive backs coach. Wake Up War Champs presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's in Tallahassee, Florida. You already know that. You can pull out your phone, get the camera app open, take a photo of that QR code. It'll take you right to the website, which is cptallybar.com. Daily lunch specials go from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. Pressed ham and Swiss sandwich comes with the side as well. Their sides can't go wrong with any of them. Straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or... Freshly cooked potato chips. All that at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for only $8.99. How does Bill do it, Corey? How does he do it? Man, I don't know. It's like he's giving away great stuff over there. He's making money. I know he's making money, but, man, uh, he deserves even more for the for the great establishment he's built and created. Uh, tis the off season, so make sure you're subscribed to our podcast. That way, whenever we drop a new show, you'll instantly be notified about it. Same thing here on YouTube. Why don't you subscribe and hit the little bell for the notifications? That way you know what's going to happen. I think, Corey, I don't know we should have talked about this before we got on the air. Uh, maybe like a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday split this week. Or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But, you know, we'll, we'll try to figure out something kind of consistent so you folks know. But in the meantime, in the interim, uh, be sure you subscribe. Hit the thumbs up, five-star rating and review. Uh, there will be a thread on the Tribal Council for Renegade Express here shortly. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, be on the lookout, folks. We're gonna, we're around. We're not going anywhere just because the football season's over. We're still going to be here celebrating this program. Yeah. Unfortunately, Trayshawn Ward will not be around uh, much longer. He entered the portal on Tuesday afternoon, I guess late afternoon, perhaps early evening. He uh, did get the stamp of approval, if you will, from his head football coach. Mike Norvell hasn't done this for everybody that's left the program here in recent memory, but he did do for Trayshawn Ward tweeting out, Corey, would like to thank Trayshawn Ward. He, he tweeted his handle, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, for the incredible impact he has made here at Florida State and the Knoll family, from walk-on to a star, I'm grateful for every moment. Has a wonderful future in front of him, and I know he will continue to hashtag work, hashtag keep climbing, handshake emoji. So, one of the unfortunate kind of collateral effects of the transfer portal and nil is that a guy like this works really hard carves out a niche for him earns himself a scholarship but then ultimately i don't want to say gets lost in the shuffle but you know kind of looks around sees the writing on the wall trey benson uh absolutely kind of takes this conference by storm lawrence tofili inks a deal with the nil collective as does Trey Benson, Trayshawn Ward doesn't, and I guess at that point you kind of know that maybe you got to go elsewhere. But it sounds like everything's copacetic, which is incredible and maybe speaks to the culture of what's going on here. What was your main takeaway from Trayshawn Ward announcing his departure, Corey? Yeah, I, I got to miss the dude. He, I think he represented all that was – he represents the bridge from what Norvell took over to what this program is now. Like, you know, in 2021 he averaged 6.5 yards per carry. I'm just looking at his stats. I mean, in two years, Aslan – 
He ran for 1,240 yards and 12 touchdowns and averaged six and a half yards per carry. So, you know, he played, I don't know how many games he played, maybe 20. He averaged less than 10, 10 carries a game, but, uh, you know, was averaging almost seven yards a carry. He was a good running back at Florida State, and he meant a lot to this team in 2022 because he was the best running back they had through the first month yep. uh, before he got hurt, really. And then uh, even at the end of his career, man, he had two touchdowns in the bowl game. He was better than Trey Benson in that game. Yep. He made more big plays in that game. But what's cool, it's I guess it's the negative and the positive. It's how you view it, I guess, is, okay, so Trayshawn Ward comes back next year. What's he going to get, man? Nine. I mean, just like this year, he had 95 carries. The year before, he had 81 carries. So the most you can expect if you're Trayshawn Ward coming back to this loaded offense with this loaded backfield is eight to ten carries a game. Maybe. You might be third string. Like, I think Benson and Toa Feely are definitely going to get more touches than you next year. And um, you don't you don't know where you are on the depth chart. Or you can go, because of the portal and its gloriousness, that's a word. Yeah. yeah you can go uh, be a star somewhere. Like, I you hope. can go be running back one. Somewhere, I'm not saying he's going to go to another ACC school. Or a, I, I think he, he's certainly Power Five ready, as we've seen. And I think he goes to another school and gets 15 carries a game, 18 carries a game, and like that would be awesome, right? It's like watching uh, Kalen at Marshall or Webb at uh, South Alabama. Like they had the even the Anthony Grant kid who didn't really do much at Florida State, uh, really anything, but he had a nice year at Nebraska. Yeah. I I think Florida State fans. And Norvell, I think it's genuine. They just wish him well. There's only one football to go around, and he got passed over. Trey Benson's better than him. Trey Benson's better than most running backs in the country. Trayshawn Ward still served a role in this program and still served a role on this team. I hope he appreciates that, and I hope he goes and shines somewhere else. Yeah, it just you know, it's a little bit like the romanticism that's long lost in my body, but there's still glimmers of it every now and then where it's like this guy bets on himself, comes here, earns a starting role, and then just by sheer force of this kid bringing brought in from the portal, he kind of loses his positioning after an injury and then quickly. I mean, you know, we go from 14 snaps against Duquesne, 16 snaps against, or I'm sorry, carries, 14 against Duquesne, 16 against LSU, 10 Louisville, 14 against Boston College, 13 against Wake Forest, and then it's like five, five, four, four, and then Oklahoma. Um, you just, you wish that like, you know, that, you know, kind of longevity would be rewarded. But again, man, we're prisoners of the moment. You need to win now. Uh, there really is no kind of, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say there's no loyalty. But, man, again, the best guys got to play. And when there's guys ahead of you and you see maybe an opportunity to go and they're not necessarily fighting to keep you with an NIL deal, you kind of – I'm just kind of – I'm happy that apparently he's probably not bitter about this and the head coach was nice enough to kind of tweet out at least a uh, – endorsement on his way out i, I don't you know, what these guys you kind of they get recruited you want to see them fulfill everything they can here at florida state uh you know it's just unfortunate he's got to leave but you know there, there's probably a better opportunity for him out there uh, so that he can get more you know you know what's the word i'm looking for here run play sure uh, carry visibility what's the other okay, word I, I, I i i totally whiff on the same single word i try to think of all the time but hmm. yeah i mean just this you know kind of is what it is hate saying that but it is right Corey. well yeah but again i i i guess i would say you know nobody he wasn't pushed out uh, was he, he no i mean Corey, I, I, no, when, I, I when, mean, when look, a man, nil got... collective when an nil collective signs guys during the season at your position to deals that compensates them financially and you don't is it not 
kind I mean, of. We, I don't know nearly enough about the inner workings of NIL deals to know how that works. We don't know that he wasn't approached. Um, he might have balked at the number that was offered. But again, fair, I, I fair. literally have no idea what, what numbers are, are thrown out there for a guy that's getting 10 carries a game. I do know that if I'm a running back of Treshawn Ward's caliber, uh, I maybe don't want to be in a crowded backfield. And it's going to be more crowded. I mean, Rodney, he saw Rodney Hill. They want to play Rodney Hill, uh, the, the Singleton kid coming in. They got Holmes from Penn State that's been mm-hmm. sitting out. So there's just not a lot of footballs to go around. And I just think that I don't think it was necessarily like, man, I'm. it's not like Treshawn Ward could have watched this season and been like, man, what are they doing? Why aren't they giving me the ball 25 yeah. times a game? That's not how Mike Norvell works. Um, and that's not how this offense works. And he saw the other guys that were handling the football. They were good too. So I legitimately think it's just – it's it's just there's not enough there's not enough carries to go around. Hmm. You, they're gonna run. They're gonna probably give the ball to the running backs thirty two to thirty four times a game, thirty five times a game. He would he's still in line to get eight or nine of them. I think my man wants to get double that. He yeah. cannot do that at Florida State. He's just he he can't. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if Benson's gonna get Benson's not gonna average twenty five a game. So I just think it's a matter of him wanting to go and getting you know more exposure, more visibility, whatever you want, more carries, uh, more production, all that. Uh, but I love that he put his time in here, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? There's no I, – I really hope there's no ill will. I don't know how there could be because if there was, what, why did he wait till after the game? He yeah. could have hit the portal three weeks ago. And Florida State might have really been screwed. Mm-hmm. Like, Treshawn Ward was a big part of that win. Ten uh, like carries, he, 81 yards, two scores. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, average eight yards a carry. Had the longest run of the day. Um, and so I, I think that uh, I, I think he, he wanted to see this out. I think it was probably the plan all along and might have become the or maybe became the plan in November when Benson broke out. Like it was a three-headed monster, and then it became kind of a one-headed monster with two smaller monsters on the side. <laughs> And I mean, I he's right, a, right, not, he's right. not a dumb guy, right? He sees yeah. the writing on the wall. Right. Benson's better than him, um, but I think but, he's better than Lawrence Toafili. But you and I disagree about this. I probably well, no, I mean, I think it's more about what their roles are. Be I think Toafili's more of a guy in the passing game and can do some things in the slot yeah. that Treshawn can't do. I my point um, with, with Treshawn and whether he'd come back or not was I think he and Rodney Hill are um, you know they're they're basically carbon copies of each other. And, uh, you know, when Rodney Hill announced he was coming back, I felt, okay, well, they definitely want him to play. Um, and he wasn't going in the portal. That Treshawn, it just seemed like a duplicate. And it's like, okay, you got one of those guys that's a, that's a quick burst up the middle guy, hard runner. But, you know, Treshawn, again, they, he knows they want Rodney Hill to play too. So now that's a four-headed monster, it's just you've got a chance. You can go move on and go. You got one last year of college football. I mean, think about what Treshawn Ward went through, man. Like, his first game was the Sun Bowl, right? Yeah, sounds about right. And only because everybody else had opted out or, you know, Cam Akers had opted out and other guys were hurt um, or had left the team. So Treshawn got 10 carries in the Sun Bowl, and those were the first 10 carries of his career. He only really got two. um, Well, he only did get two in 2020. I can't remember. I guess that's because he was hurt or he was third string. I don't remember. But he made a name for himself, man. He's a really cool story. Um, to be a walk-on, to bet on himself, like you said. And then, uh, you know, now he's going to be one of the more, you know, I don't know where on three we'll put him as far as the running backs in the portal, but he's going to be up there pretty high because of what he's produced at Florida State and how good he is. He's a good college football player. 
Yeah, I'm not blaming anybody. I don't blame Mike Norvell. I don't blame David Johnson. I don't, I don't blame Treshawn Ward. Again, it just we've made this sport so live and die every single moment, every single game that you know you have to just maximize your talent. You have to maximize your roster the best you can, and it calls for him probably going somewhere else. And it just it's kind of unfortunate. That's all I'm trying to say about it. But know? isn't it kind of cool? I guess uh, isn't it kind of cool that he has an option now instead yeah. of just being stuck getting four carries a game for what he did for the program. He can now go somewhere and get 18 to 20 carries a game. Yeah, and he can, you know, put his name out there in such fashion to where he's going to get maximum uh, interest so he can yeah. really maximize his, his potential and his ability to, to go to the next place. The guy I'm ranked 85th, which is just that's astonishing to me. The 85th best running back in the portal. 85th best running back? Mm-hmm. Or 85th best player? 85th best running back, friend. Ooh, Trayshawn, prove him wrong, buddy. Yeah. Prove him wrong, my man. I mean, they got Trey Sanders at seventh, and I think Trey Sanders had like a almost like a Winston Wright issue when he got into a pretty bad car accident. I don't even know how much run he got with Alabama this past year. They got him at number seven. Come yeah, on. I think I think a lot of that is kind of the – I mean, I don't mean to use this word. They got a kid from Ball State, third third running back, a kid from Ball State. Come on. It's, that, it's the former walk-on. You know, he's a former right. walk-on. Right. They he, 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 he was good at Florida State because it was a necessity. He had to play – Trayshawn's got some special stuff to him, man. He's got a little burst and some juice that I I, I do think he's going to stick on with. He's going to go to a Power Five school, hopefully not in the ACC. Go somewhere else, man. We don't. I don't want to have to root for Florida State guys to tackle him. Mm. I want him to go somewhere else and uh and shine. But he's he's a very good college football player. And again, I think it needs to be appreciated what he meant to the team in 2021 when that was the bridge from awful to good yeah. was 2021, and he was a big part of it. So what do we think this means for next season? Obviously, Trey Benson's your lead back. I guess Toa Feely's obviously your change of pace, or you think of him as as like 1B, or does do Keziah Holmes and Rodney Hill kind of battle for the number two running back, if you will, and then Lawrence is your kind of a utility knife athlete guy in the backfield, Corey? No, I think Toa Feely's a running back, man. I think they like him at running back. I don't think he's 1B. I think he's 2A. I, I think they Trey Benson is clearly – the guy they they're, they're number one, so it's Benson one, and then I think what what I think will happen is it'll be Toa Feely and Rodney Hill as two two A and two B. Keziah Holmes will have a role on the team, I assume somehow, um, but you know Toa Feely's got some special stuff to him too. In the passing game, he had some really big runs this year up the middle of the field, including some tough ones for first downs. Um, he wasn't just a go off tackle guy, or get, I mean he, he Toa Feely had a nice year too. And I, I really like Rodney Hill. So I think that's what happens. I think Benson, again, if you're going to divvy it up, if I was divvying it up and saying you've got 30, the running backs are going to carry the ball 34 times, I say Benson gets 18 and the other two guys get eight each. That's some quick math for you. I My think point. that added up to 34. Um, so that's what that's how I think it'll be. And Toa Feely has a couple screen passes or a couple play, uh, wheel routes. Um, but I, I think Benson's the guy that's going to average 16 to 20 carries a game. The other two guys are going to play a good bit, though. Yeah, I think it goes to the, the skill set, as you're talking about, like what Trey gives you, what Lawrence gives you, that's kind of Trey, Trey Benson, that is, and, and what uh, Lawrence gives you being kind of unique. Like, Keziah Holmes, you know, they've got him listed from his recruiting bio at like six foot 179, but, you know, Seminoles.com has him at 5'11", 210, which yeah. is much more what he looks like. So I think he's another kind of punishing guy, maybe short yardage guy. Uh, that gives you that kind of that flair, if you will. Uh, and then, obviously, Rodney Hill is just electric. Which, I mean, Rodney Hill showed you enough that you think that you probably can 
you know, maybe gamble and tell a guy like Trayshawn Ward, like, hey, man, this guy's just something special that we want to get on the field. So um, good options, fun options. That backfield's not going to skip a beat. And uh, we wish the best of Trayshawn Ward, obviously, right? Correct, correct. Again, just a cool, really cool story. Uh, he came from, I mean, just super, super humble beginnings that included him being a walk-on on an awful football team. And it turned out that, I mean, just think about that, man. He couldn't even get a scholarship on those teams. And then he becomes a, you know, Norvell called him a star. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he starred in his role. He averaged seven yards to carry. And in his last game at Florida State, man, he had two touchdowns uh, in, a ga- in a game that they needed both of them to win. Uh, that's just a really cool story, man. That's a, I mean, that's a, you know, I know they talk all the time about Stetson Bennett's, you know, what a great movie it would be if Stetson Bennett's career turned into a movie, the walk-on. Well, Trayshawn Ward was a walk-on too. Um, and, and Treshawn Ward, I can promise you, had a, a more difficult upbringing than Stetson Bennett. And, and Treshawn Ward has now done this at this level uh, two years in a row, averaging, you know, I think he, he had to be one of the leaders in the country in yards per carry uh, each of the last two years. And now he's on the open market, and I hope he gets uh, some good NIL uh, offers, and I hope he goes has a, a wonderful last season in college football. It's a new year. New you, perhaps? Give yourself a fresh start over at MyBookie. Use the promo code WARCHANT, and you can get a cash bonus where you can cash in and cash out really quickly. No strings attached. It's using it. It's easy. Just bet your deposit amount just once, and you can cash on out. Whether you like to bet to earn or to make the games more exciting, MyBookie gives you the most for your money with their redesigned deposit bonus. But on the NFL, the UFC, the national championship game, which right now... Georgia favored by 12 and a half Ooh. over on my bookie. The point total 62 and a half. The whole thing is, man, you cash in, you cash out real quick with my bookie, everybody. So use that promo code WarChant when you go over there. Alternate lines. Like, I really think Georgia might just thump them. So I could, you know, you could go and pick an alternate line of like Georgia giving out 16 points, and then you can actually make money in mm. terms of being in the the red when you bet the uh the the actual spread it's all there at my bookie where, where what's your initial thought here real quick Corey, on the georgia tcu game i think georgia's gonna is gonna cover easily yeah i thought watching the tcu michigan game and how that played out i thought okay georgia and ohio state are playing for the national championship yes whoever wins this game is going to win the national championship by the way cj stroud is ridiculous Ooh. he's really good i hope that he falls far enough that the falcons can draft him but that probably won't happen uh, because the Falcons win meaningless games in December and January like it's their job. That's that's what they do. They 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 really shine the brightest when the games not matter not at all. Um, so I, I think Georgia can, should probably win that game handily. I think surviving the way they did, they're going to play a lot looser. And look, man, Ohio State's legit. Uh, that offense is crazy, and you survived it. And now I just think they're going to – I don't think they're going to blow TCU out by 40 points or anything, but I think – it should be a comfortable win in the fourth quarter. Use the promo code WARCHANT over at MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere at MyBookie.ag. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
On Monday, uh, we didn't do a show for you folks yesterday. Apologies. Uh, but a report was out there, Corey, that Marcus Woodson, Florida State's defensive backs coach for the last three seasons, uh, will be headed to Arkansas to join back up with Travis Williams, who was uh, his cohort over at Auburn. For one, there were there two years where they overlapped. I think one year Williams was the actual co-defensive coordinator. He mainly worked with linebackers. Woodson worked with the defensive backfield. Uh, so I guess it's kind of one of those natural fits where you go and work with somebody that you already knew and maybe have a better kind of bond with. Um, I don't know if there's anything to read about being forced out, pushed out, told to look elsewhere. Is there anything to gleam uh, from that, or glean rather? Gleam or glean. I'll, I'll do both. I'm going to glean first. Um, yeah, man, I, I I mean, I know Jeff Cameron, if you've been listening to him for the, well, really the last six months, but specifically this football season, um, has been on that bandwagon. He's been banging the drum on that bandwagon about they need a, they needed to make a change at DB's coach. Now, whether Norvell gets his advice from Cameron or not, whether he saw the same things that Cameron did and uh, wanted to change, there's a very, there's at least a good chance that he was kind of told, hey, man, look elsewhere. Um, and I was thinking about this, Aslan, because you look at this team, and two years ago, I made this point on headlines, but like two years ago, you just were looking for competence. You, you, you just wanted some dudes that could play and some guys that could coach. You wanted a full staff. Like, you, you just wanted normal things. That, you, you know, you, that's what you were looking for after that d- debacle of uh, 19, 18 and 19, and then really the COVID year. But you just, all you were looking for was competence and just good enough. But now you have a, now when, you're, when you turn your program into this, what we think this program has become, well, now you can start, you can start getting a little more specific and being like, okay, what changes, what tweaks, we don't have to make wholesale changes, but what tweaks do we need to make this program a championship one? And I think there's a chance Norvell uh, might have been thinking about that with something like this. I don't think the second, I don't think the quarterbacks um, played great. I don't, I, you know, as, as Jeff points out all the time, and he's 100% right, they do not play zone at all. They don't play zone well. It's either not taught well. Well, it's just not taught well, or they don't even care to try it, but I think it's just not taught well. And in this day and age, you've got to play zone. You can't just be man all the time. They didn't recruit, especially at a high level, uh, for, for, for stretches. And I just think, man, I think this job, it's much to me like the receiver's position, receiver's coach position. You've got to bring in a guy that can get you players. Get players. Go get, go get legitimate players. And, I, you know, you look at, like, you know, the highest-ranked guy they had last year, right, was Sam McCall or close to it. Yeah. He's bounced. Uh, Demory Tate. And look, man. God bless Demory Tate. Maybe he's a, maybe he's an incredible player, and we just didn't see it. He didn't show anything. He didn't show any ability. He didn't show any improvements in the the two years we were allowed to watch practice. He was an afterthought. Uh, but he was a highly recruited guy. He was a highly recruited guy. What happened there? I felt like Akeem Dent maybe took a little step backwards this year. Kevin Knowles and Amarian Cooper certainly did. But then you juxtapose that or you counter that with, well, Renardo Green got pretty good. Jarian Jones got better. Azaria Thomas, I thought by the end of the season, was playing pretty darn well. So there were there were some uh, there were some positives too. But I just you know I I think that I think it was more of a like I'm not going to fire you. Find a place to go. I don't want to not that I don't want to fire you. Find a place to go. I I don't know that Norvell was 
devastated that Woodson is apparently going to take a job at Arkansas. But you better upgrade. You know, you could do a lot worse than Woodson, but you're at Florida State now. And Florida State's at the point now where you can do a lot better too. And you're you're in a um, you're an appealing program. Like Norvell's not going anywhere. He's got this thing rolling. You could get one of the better DBs, most you know, highly thought of DB coaches in the country uh, to come to come coach for you now. You're I think you're fishing from a different pond than you were three years ago, and you might be able to get a, a rising star as a secondary coach. That's a good place to be. But I think that's where Florida State is now uh, because of what they've done the last well last year, but really I was going to say the last year and a half. Looking at like a list over on Football Scoop of like the most uh, highly compensated defensive backs coaches, you know, like the top half are guys that are also the defensive coordinator, but then they also coach the defensive backs. Charles Kelly checked in at number 10, making $825,000. Uh, TJ Rushing, who was originally the hire that Mike Norvell made at Florida State, but he uh, soon thereafter took a job at AM, made five thirteen. Uh, Marcus Woodson was in the neighborhood of a half a million dollars. He's like 22nd. But, again, if you take out that top half, that's actual coordinators. He's kind of like in your top 15 of your most highly compensated guys. So uh, they've got the money to go for it. I wonder if they would go back to TJ rushing. Because, I mean, things aren't all that stable right now in College Station, especially relative to what's going on in Tallahassee. What would um, you say he was getting paid? 513. That's according to football. I don't, I don't believe it. I'm not calling them liars, but I don't. I don't know if you go to College Station for $13,000 more. Um, Correct. But also, I think, yeah, man, maybe. Because, look, man, you, you again, like I just said, who, who seems like the more stable program? Oh, yeah. You know, you, you come to Florida State, you're going to be a top-10 team next year to start the season almost certainly. And you've got a chance to accomplish some things and climb the ladder instead of maybe being in a staff that gets fired. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, even if you're offering them $80,000 or a hundred thousand dollars less, I feel like the job security, plus you get to live in Tallahassee and not college station, mm-hmm. um, that I, you know, that's that who, who could live there? Come on gang. What do you, I know we got some college station listeners. What are you doing to yourselves? It's such a big world. It's such a big country and you're going to, you're going to sequester yourself in, in that environment. Aslan, you wouldn't lived in college station, would you? Not after the age of, like, 21. I'm sure undergrad there is probably not the worst. Uh, I'd rather be in Tallahassee, yeah, obviously. You, st- you still got to deal with all the weirdness, right? Right, yes. You, I mean, Although, like, like we, we even talk about Oklahoma and their, their roughnecks or whatever they're called, where they just go around shooting uh, shotguns in the air, like wearing overalls and uh, being really oaky and rolling. Yeah, and roll- I, I didn't realize that they shoot off the guns on a kickoff. Yeah. So, like, Florida State's returners, Benson's got his back to the Oklahoma, what'd you call them, Ruffies? The Roughnecks, they're called. The Roughnecks. Spelled Um, really weird, though. Spelled like R-U-F-N-E-K-S. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I'm not cultured enough to Who cares? We're not looking it up. We don't care enough. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, so they're shooting off guns when the ball's in the air. That could be a little off-putting. Like, usually you shoot guns off after the touchdowns are scored, not not during the kick. Uh, But... But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But, yeah, so I, I think that – I just think, man, I would think maybe there's 10 or 12 in this country that wouldn't come to Florida State right now. That's how – because you know Florida State's going to pay. They are not cheap, hmm. uh, you know, contradictory to what people have said about this program. They aren't cheap. They pay their coaches well. And you get to come to a program now that certainly seems like it's on the rise. So I don't think you'll have a lot of uh, – there'll, there'll be a lot of applications 
that he can search through. He will not be um, struggling to find people to join his program now that he's, uh, you know, what have they won, 16 of their last 21 games or something? I I feel like guys are going to be running to the campus now. Does that get you a little bit excited? I mean, I, I don't want to dog Marcus Woodson. I don't know, you know, how much of the defensive issues people might think of this team having or a result of his coaching or his ability or non-ability to recruit. But in this day and age where you are playing like a 4-2-5, and we always talk about the front seven in this day and age, it's like your front five, your front six, really. Uh, I mean, just the fact that you feel good about Mike Norvell and his ability to evaluate and find good coaches as well, uh, that – this is also going to possibly be kind of like addition by subtraction or just at least get you excited about, all right, let's see who else is out there. We trust this coach. He's going to bring in somebody new, and we're thinking, hoping that it'll give at least like a marginal improvement over what was already a statistically great defense. Yeah, say that one more time. Let me make sure I'm following what you're asking. Well, people might think this defense isn't clicking on all cylinders. There's room Mm. for improvement. Well, you can't necessarily, you know, you, you've done what you could in the transfer portal to a large degree. I mean, you brought in Braden Fisk, you brought in Fentrell Cypress. Yeah. You should probably be more excited about those guys. But when you bring in a, a coach that is responsible for, you know, more than half the guys that are going to be on the field, or, or just about half the guys that are on the field for you in a defensive backs coach, does that also kind of keep you engaged here in the offseason and, and think about just how much better this team can be defensively if they get a new defensive backs coach that's better than Marcus Woodson? Yeah, again, like I said, you're trying to make improvements everywhere, right? And yeah. and you there there is a you know you can go up from Marcus Woodson. He was not the best in the country, um, and you could probably I'm sure people listening to this would say the same about a couple of other coaches on the staff. I get it, um, but if you upgrade, you're just looking for upgrades um, because you're, you're you're good, man. You're you're a top ten team right now. You have an elite offense. You would have had an elite offense even if. Uh, Biscuit and Brian Courtney were your two tight ends next year. Your offense was going to be elite. Well, you still went and upgraded and got two dudes that are, you know, one guy's a freak and the other guy's a 6'7 giant um, who are going to help your team. Same with the offensive line. You were still going to have a solid offensive line. You went and got the best offensive lineman in the portal. And with the defense, you did the same thing. Like Fabian Lovett came back, which is awesome. That's great news for Florida State. Well, they still went and got the best defensive tackle in the portal. Uh, to pair with Fabian Lovett and another guy from Miami that can really play at this level. So when it comes to this, again, I think that's a cool place to be is it's you're just tweaking it a little bit. And you're right, man, the defense has not arrived. Uh, as we saw in the in the playoffs, it's hard to play defense in 2022. Wow. Georgia's got dudes all over the field, and they could not stop Ohio State. And those guys just, are getting paid millions of dollars to coordinate those defenses. Yes, and they could not stop Ohio State. Just couldn't do it. Um and so in Michigan, same thing. Could not stop TCU. Well, TCU uh, couldn't stop Michigan either, really. Michigan right. was stopping it was, themselves. It was two games. Just, it was two games that were in the 40s. Um, so, yes, Florida State's defense can be better. Um, I think a couple of tweaks, and hopefully you get good news from your defensive end. If, some, if a couple more dominoes fall, you, you, make, a, you make an improved hire at DB, DB coach, and you get another guy or two in the portal at a position of need. And maybe your freak defensive end decides to come back. Well, that defense, the way it's constructed, the way it will be coached, is good enough to get you in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Is it good enough to win it? I don't know. But because the offense is going to be what it is, as long as it stays healthy, that defense, as it's currently constructed with the roster and the coaching staff, which should be good enough to get you in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Or at least challenge for a playoff spot, right? Mm-hmm. What a cool thing to say, man. 
Think it about is. where we were two years ago, Aslan. What show, what was our show like on January 4th of 2021? Oh, man. Just, you know, get to a bowl, please. Just get to a bowl. We should right. win six games, please. Yeah, get get players in here. Get yeah. players in here, please. And then now it's, uh, now you're just two years later. Two years later, you have a real chance to contend for a playoff spot. That's uh, it's just been a what a what a remarkable quick rise it has been. I almost sidestepped this, but we have to go with this. Um, Jordan Travis, you know, all the the numbers have been compiled. Although I guess there are some games left, but I guess with maybe C.J. Stroud not being in the mix, I guess Max Duggan and uh, Stetson Bennett are not maybe within striking distance. But Jordan Travis graded out, finished ninety one point eight. That's first among all Power Five quarterbacks. 24 touchdowns, five picks, 247 yards through the air. Um, the fifth, he's the fifth-ranked overall Power 5 offensive player in the country. Yeah, Number one Behind, quarterback. Number one quarterback. He's number two overall to the kid at Ohio as quarterback. Mm. But then the guys ahead of him that played offense uh, in the Power 5 were the Bajon Robinson from Texas, uh, Blake Corum from Michigan, and then Michael Meyer, the tight end from Notre Dame, Ooh. and then an offensive lineman from Minnesota. Guys that are those, probably going in the first round. Those are the four guys that were ranked ahead of them. And here's the thing. Look, you can you, – it, it is certainly not um, – this is not completely um, without subjectiveness. Subjection. Well, it's a tough word there. Like Scrutiny. You, you it's, it's not – But, I mean, like, these aren't – this isn't like uh, the square root of nine. Right. This isn't a scientific exact answer. There's yes. a right answer and a wrong answer. This is PFF's grading system. And however they, however they do it. It's what they use. But it's not like there's a lot of anomalies in that list. Like whether you think Jordan Travis should be 91.8 and, and uh, Caleb Williams is 91.6 or 91.5, whatever he ended up being. Bryce Young was 91.7, whatever that was. They were very, very close. But here's the thing, Aslan. They are very, very close. <laughs> like whether Caleb Williams... It should be graded, a, a, I don't know, a half a percentage point higher, however they do it with their um, algebraic equations over there at PFF headquarters to come up with it. The truth of the matter is Jordan Travis played at the level of Bryce Young this year. He played at the level of Hendon Hooker this year and it, of Max Duggan, Dugan, and Duggan. of Caleb yeah. Williams. Yeah. I think Caleb Williams is a better quarterback. I think he's more talented. I think he's going to play in the league for 10 years. But that doesn't mean he had a substantially better year than Jordan Travis, considering the weapons uh, that Caleb Williams was blessed with, uh, maybe the Pac-12 defense that he got to face, all that aside, um, I, Jordan Travis is elite, man. I, we don't need PFF to tell us that Jordan Travis is elite, but it's really cool that those numbers back up what we saw with our eyes, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I watched Bryce Young play. He's awesome. And I'm certainly not going to say I'd sit here and take Jordan Travis over Bryce Young. But Jordan Travis is in the conversation, man. He's in the neighborhood. He's not down the street. He's not on the south side of town. He's in the neighborhood with Caleb Williams and Bryce Young. I, you couldn't have, I would have never, ever believed you in August. And I was a Jordan Travis proponent. Mm-hmm. I would have never believed that Jordan Travis would turn into this. But he is a flipping great college quarterback. Which wants, I want to talk about this real quick, and I know we're going to talk about this probably literally 100 more times between now and the LSU game. But when you have a guy like that and everything coming back and everything that you're enhancing and adding to your roster and then maybe even a, an upgrade at your defensive backs coach, um, 
we're going to put a lot of expectations on this team. I think they're going to put these own expectations on them. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom line is, like, you have to – and this is the whole growth isn't linear thing, right? Although maybe in this case it is because you've gone from three to five to ten and hopefully next year 14 wins. Right. Uh, like, if you're Mike Norvell, man, you, you have to seize this opportunity with a guy like Jordan Travis. Say whatever we will about Jimbo's up and downs and whatever. I don't want to relitigate his pass, and he's nothing without Jameis and et cetera. But, man, he, he did get Jameis, and when he did have Jameis, he put together a team that won a national title. So, like, when you have a guy like this, and I'm not saying, like, national championship or bust, or maybe I am in some sort of way. But, man, when you have a kid like that at that position playing at that level – and you only have him for one more year, man. There's there's no guarantee that Brock Glenn will be just as good, or Tate Rodermaker will be just as good, or you'll get some guy in the portal, right? Like he's he's special in in terms of what you have in this landscape of this this kind of era of college football. That man, like it it would be heartbreaking to think of this team not winning this conference at the minimum at this point as we sit here and talk about things in early January. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're going to be talking about really for the next nine months is, is the expectations on this team. What's the floor? What's the ceiling? What would be tolerable? Um, there's so much unknown, clearly. We, we don't even know what the roster is going to be uh, to really make declarations about um, what this team should be um, or shouldn't be, like what, what, it, what it can't do. Like if it, if it only wins nine games, is that a huge disappointment? Well, I don't know. Is, does Florida end up being the national champs? And you lost by a few. I mean, who knows what the what the? And I don't know why I even said that. I shouldn't even put that in the universe. That was a weird thing to say. But we just don't know uh, so much about so much of an unknown in, in 2023. But yeah, man, it feels like um, like all the pieces are in place. Um, I mean, again, there's still some pieces out there, but mo- the pieces are coming into place for them to make a real run at something special. Granted, what they just did was pretty special. Not by Florida State standards, but by recent Florida State standards it was because it had been so bad for five years. So what they did was just special by, by the relative standards. Now they need to do something special. You feel like they're set up for something special by Florida State standards. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think that's the difference. Is you, you, again, no, nobody on our staff, nobody listening to this, uh, we're really predicting 10 wins in a 45-3 to win over Miami. Nobody saw that coming in August. But going into this season, the expectations will be 10 wins, at least, uh, because of what you have coming back and because of that dude throwing the ball and running around. That guy's next level. He's exceptional. Um, He's one of the best you've ever had. Um, And you've got one more year with him. So, yeah, it feels like you don't want to waste this opportunity with this collection of guys to not make an imprint. Again, it's not national championship or bust. I don't even know if it's playoff or bust. Um, I, again, like I said the other day, I think the goal is to get to Charlotte and see what happens. Hopefully you win. You want to win. You just want to be in the conversation again, like legitimately in the conversation. You want to be watching the first college football playoff poll reveal. Mm. Like that's a good place to be. That's something you hadn't done in eight years. Um, back when game control dominated our lives. (laughs) So if you're in that area, man. If you're six or seven and one going into uh, November, and you're in that you're in that neighborhood with those other teams, and you're caring about that stupid show, um, that's 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 what you want, man. You just want to be relevant again, and you want to stay relevant. To stay relevant, you need a good 2023. It cannot be a one-off. Yeah. 
the good news is, right, Aslan and everyone listening, with everything you got coming back, it certainly doesn't feel like 2022 is going to be a one-off. It's at, at the very worst should be a two-off. And if you put two back-to-back really good seasons together, top 10-ish seasons together, well, who knows what kind of a uh, talent you can attract. I know they were, I think they were, I shouldn't say I know, pretty sure they were preseason number three going into 2017. Yes. But, man, I would say that in terms of, like, preseason expectations, man, this is just behind 2014 if we're talking about the last 20 years of Florida State football. Or is that too much hyperbole? No, I, I think you're. I think to, 2012 too. Um, there, there was a lot of there was a lot of excitement about that team, but um, you weren't as in love with your, weirdly because he was a first round pick. You weren't as in love with your quarterback as you are with this quarterback, um, because you know, frankly, and I love EJ Manuel to death. He was not as good a college quarterback as Jordan Travis has proven to be. Yeah. At least he never had a year like Jordan Travis just did, um, in my opinion, anyway. But I, yeah, I, I would say. I would say 2014 is the last time Florida State. I don't know, man. I, I can't. I can't quite put myself in the place of what well, people expected in 2015. 17, you had Dalvin, right? And you're like, I no, hope. No, no, this... you didn't. You didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, you you thought Francois was better. You thought Cam Harris yeah. would be good. You liked Derwin James a lot. You know, you're like, all right, we're back. This thing is rolling. Well, and Francois had, had a nice year at 16. Yeah, but nowhere yeah. near. I mean, maybe he had more touchdowns than, than Jordan Travis, but he didn't. I don't think he counted for as many yards as Jordan Travis right. did this past season. But, yeah, I mean, the, the 14 team, you're like, no doubt. I'm not going to the first game of the year because the national title game's in Dallas. I'll see you there for the national title game. Like, you had that level of expectation. Now, this is not in that stratosphere, but it. I think it's like the second it, – behind that in terms of like the last 20 years of going into a season because 15 – Man, you, you love Dalvin. You're like, oh, this, you know, we'll plug Everett Golson in. But I think people on the outside, you know, were like, yeah, I don't know about Everett Golson. But you're a Florida State fan. You're like, ah, Jimbo's great. We're going to work. This is all going to work out. But, like, man, you have a proven elite commodity at quarterback. You're bringing your offensive line back. You have this offensive coordinator that goes back to the whole seizing this moment thing. It's like you don't know how many more years Alex Atkins is going to hang around. Right. Having that offensive line playing at that level. Uh, and you have this quarterback that, yeah, just it, it, it's going to be a fun nine months. It's, it's going to be a lot more fun to talk about whether national title expectations are high enough versus if you don't get eight wins, you got to move on from this guy probably. Yes. So yeah. you, let's you all embrace lying. that. Let's all embrace you ain't that. lying. It's been a uh, it's been a long time coming yeah. for us to have nine months to talk about something exciting and not just something that you kind of uh, you hoped was going to be better. We know it's better now, and we know – I mean, look, man, with some of the games that happened on Monday, there's a chance Florida State, probably a decent one, they finished top ten in the country. Um, and that's and – there won't be there won't be many teams ranked ahead of them that bring more talent back or more starters back than Florida State will. So, again, you're talking about a team that probably starts the year number eight in the country, somewhere around there. LSU because of – I mean, good grief, Purdue. Why even show up? <laughs> Why even go down there just for the Cheez-Its? Um, you know, they uh, – sorry, Cheez-It crackers. So, you, you've uh, – Well done. So, you ha- that, that opener is going to be a very, very talked-about opener. That's going to be like probably the marquee game of the weekend, and it's probably going to be a matchup of two top ten teams. What a fun way to start the season, and what a cool thing that Florida State's in it again. Some might they, call just, it the GOAT. They matter again. Yeah. Some might call it the GOAT, Corey. The GOAT, too. Yeah. You'll never get a better opener than Alabama FSU in seventeen. That was as good as it gets. I mean, Florida State had up. a lead. They had a lead up. there in the second quarter. Shout out Auden Tate. Yeah, great catch, great catch. And then um, 
your thoughts real quick. 2024 kicker, Jake Weinberg, number one rate according to Cole's kicking, not on three or any recruiting um, kind of service. But all of you wishing and waiting for a kicker one more year, but you got the number one kicker according to like a really uh, niche kicking service. Yeah. So it's a department store. Is it the department store? <laughs> do they, do they have, why do they have kicking rankings? That doesn't make any sense, Aslan. Explain that to me. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's a that's a big deal. I The rankings with kickers, I've never quite under – I, I think that's the one last rock that has not been turned over in recruiting yeah. is they have no idea what's going on with kickers. They, I mean, you just don't. You, the kid shows up, either makes them or he doesn't. Uh, they're, not, they're not great at ranking them. They're, I mean, who, how many stars is the number one kicker in the country worth? Yeah. Two, three, who knows? But it's it's awesome that somebody ranked him the number one kicker in the country. But we'll see when the lights are on and he's inside Doke if he can get it between those yellow things. Bet Ohio State wishes they had the number one kicker in the country. Man, I that did that not remind you of the ninety? Tom Lang texted me that right after midnight. Like it reminded me too of the the Nebraska kick to try to beat Florida State <laughs> yeah. in the ninety three national champ. I mean, it went straight left off the foot. Yeah. That was uh, no no chance. Like I t- texted you, I was like, that was the most uninspired first down call. They're like, yeah, just run it. Just run it. We're going to be all he right. He said he was asked about it, and I forgot. I gave him too much grief at, at, grief at the time, but I forgot. They did try to throw it the next two downs. It wasn't like they were happy that it was a 50-yarder. They just they couldn't get any. They could have maybe plot, called a couple of like safer plays to get five or six yards. Um but they weren't happy to be kicking a 50-yarder. Yeah, but, but first, uh, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. He said afterwards, he's like, we thought he, – he said they were in too deep. We thought they'd be coming uh, with, with a run blitz, and we thought if we just missed, made one guy miss or the whole got blocked a certain way, he could spit out there for a touchdown. Yeah. It's like, all right, man, whatever you, whatever you say, buddy. It didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. Sorry, Ohio State. Oh, by the way, as we go out, I did see this just on my timeline. I uh, missed it earlier, but Sean did tweet out, uh, retweeted Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis tweeted out, damn, man, my guy for real. Someone's going to get a great player and a better person. Love you for life, bro. Uh, and then Sean Ward retweeted, appreciate you, family. Without you, I wouldn't be in this position today. Thankful for you, brother, and love you, fam. And then he also retweeted Mike Norvell's tweet and said, I appreciate you for believing in me and giving me the opportunity to play the game I love. Without you, I would not be in this position. Thank you. I really do think it's it's as amicable as possible it could possibly be. No. Go shine somewhere else. We just don't have enough carries for you here. It's not like they said you're going to the bench, Trayshawn. No. You got no chance to play. It's more about him wanting to go shine in his one last year of college football instead of splitting it with three other guys. No. But I also don't think Florida State, as much as they love Trayshawn, is devastated. Yes. Yeah. It, cleans, it, it also frees up a, a, a roster spot for somebody else. Corey in the corner, when do you want to do a show? Do you want to do a show Thursday or Friday for the people? Well, I get I have a root canal on Thursday. Uh-oh. Um, but that's Thursday, so uh, – That would be for Friday. So let's do – That would be Friday's show, but I, I – you know, I don't uh, – I, I don't think I, I won't be able to talk on uh, Thursday after the root canal, but you uh, think – Let's some, Because it. Wednesday I'm traveling, oh, but I should okay. be back in time to do a show. So yeah. it, whatever you think, buddy. Be on the lookout. That's going to be our next. Right. Put on the T-shirts. Be on the lookout. We'll have the Renegade Express thread up on the Tribal Council possibly Wednesday afternoon to get your questions in. And then we'll do one more show for you this week for sure. And if Jared Verse decides to make a decision here, we'll maybe do a blowout show on that as well. So mm. we're working for you, everybody. Warchant.com. All the Trayshawn Ward news and reactions have been up on there for hours as you're listening to this podcast. Oh, also uh... – you got to pit my the story I wrote about the ten biggest plays of the 
2022 season. I did, you know, and then this stuff came about, and then I'm like, man, of course. Like, it never can just be spaced out uh, in a nice way. But I was thinking about it during the drive from Orlando. Uh, I was lamenting the fact that we used to show some video stuff, uh, and I was like, man, that'd be cool if we could do, like, the top ten plays. Uh, and show like videos, but it's like, can you really write about it? But then I'm like, oh wait, we have Corey Clark. Corey right. can write about anything and make it sing. So, Amen, brother. Uh, so yeah, that's on the site too. You can see if you agree or disagree. I think we'll all probably agree with the number one play. Um, but but either way, uh, that's the top ten plays of the. Uh, I, I went with ten Aslan because they won ten games. Yeah, pretty good, right? Pretty. Nice. There's some some symmetry there. So yeah, top ten uh, plays, biggest plays of the uh, 2022 season. I didn't put any of the plays that were in the losses because who cares about them? They lost. Oh, that but that punt return by Pokey it's and awesome. Raleigh was, was amazing. I know, and then the kick right afterwards was incredible. Yeah. It was an incredible sequence, uh, but they blew it there at the end of that game. Yeah. I don't agree with you on your uh, play, but you know, go check number it out one. Everybody. Yeah, go check it oh, out. Okay, everybody. well we won't talk about it. Go check. I don't want to give it away. Go yeah. check it out and see what you think, everybody. All right, he's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, cptallybar.com. Check it out. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you one more time this week at minimum.